Hello, and welcome to the July 2nd, 2018 edition of Mr. Joe's Bipolar Podcast. My name is Mr. Joe. This is my neighborhood. This is my life. But this is our podcast journey. Welcome to Mr. Joe's Bipolar Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Mr. Joe's Bipolar Podcast. It's good to have everybody here with me today. And, of course, it's wonderful to be with you. So, in Mr. Joe's neighborhood, as what I would imagine would be the case all over the United States, being that Mr. Joe, and I will reveal a bit of information about Mr. Joe right now, I do live in the United States So if you have been searching for who Mr. Joe actually is, that will allow you to narrow down your search a bit. But I promise you this, you're never going to find out exactly who I am. So if it it amuses you to keep trying, then be my guest and go ahead and do so. Um, I would ask that um, if you do find out who I am, just respect my confidentiality because I don't know what people would think about this podcast. As much as we like it, meaning you and I, you enjoy listening and I enjoy speaking, there might be some people that would not be too thrilled with some of the history that Mr. Joe has been engaged in. But nevertheless, I'm I'm going off on a little bit of a tangent here. What I wanted to say that in the United States of America, or at least where Mr. Joe is from, it is deathly hot and has been for quite a few days. And the heat is just about unbearable. It really is. Being outside is, is, is incredibly difficult. The humidity is very bad. The sun is very bad. Everything is bad. And, and for those of you who are on psychotropic medications, psychotropic medications, you will know, or your psychiatric medications, you all know that the sun is usually not a good thing, or at least if it's pounding down on your head or beaming down on you, it's probably not the best thing for your medications. And it's very important that you at least cover your head. At least I know I have to wear a hat. Um, I wear one of those hats with the brims around it. I guess you call them a farmer's hat. I try to wear a classy one or a more modernized one, a hip one, even though my wife still makes fun of me when I wear it. Uh, more importantly, you got to wear sunblock, put on your sunblock. Very important to do that as well. Um, because, again, the, the effects of the sun with your medication could be quite devastating. So you got to be careful. Um, now, there is no doubt that this weather has drained me. Drained me in every aspect. And I am certainly feeling it today. Uh, I believe that some of what I'm about to speak about today is probably related to my Suboxone and my inability to bring my body chemicals up to speed with the norm. But then again, with bipolar disorder, whether you're coming off Suboxone, whether you've been done with Suboxone for quite some time, or whether you're still on Suboxone, I think it would be probably normal for your chemicals to be a little all over the place all the time. (laughs) Uh, Obviously, when you're quote-unquote stable or in that stability mode, um, things seem to be going good for a person, and they don't pay attention so much to the way that they feel. They just kind of move along life, and 
go through the motions and everything seems fine, but with bipolar disorder, there are a number of factors that can affect our mood, and we've discussed a lot of them in the past, and first and foremost, especially with bipolar disorder, stress is a big, big thing. The more stressed we are, the more vulnerable we are to our mood swings. Um, Weather, believe it or not, plays a significant role as well in our mood swings, and whether that just be with the sun, whether that be with the winter, the cold, you know, we hear a lot of times about depression setting in in those dark seasons, and a lot of times in the winter time it gets darker a little bit earlier, and it's very interesting because my daughter and myself, uh, we actually seem to like the winter a little bit more. Um, I don't know if that is because it allows me to, or it gives me a purpose or a reason to pine away in my home and not feel so guilty about the fact that I don't want to be out and about sometimes. Uh, but uh, my daughter happens to be the same way, which is interesting. So I have to monitor her and make sure that um, she is not going to be in need of help for bipolar disorder as she becomes a young adult. So we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. Um, nevertheless, in the summertime, we a lot of times feel forced like we have to be out because the weather is so beautiful. And I know this. I know back in the day, especially being non-medicated and even times when I was medicated, the summertime for me was an instant trigger to get sloshed out of my brain, act like a complete fool, dance around the beach like a moron, drink as many beers as my body could humanly handle, smoke marijuana, sometimes even do cocaine on the beach, Um, you know, do as many drugs as I could possibly do, and just take advantage of the nice weather, so I thought. And uh, spent many, many years doing that. And I don't do it anymore. But that doesn't mean that we don't have to go out, quote-unquote, in the sun and on the beach, especially when you have a family and you have children who like the ocean or the water or the sand and want to do all the things that we like to do as young kids. And although I did not have my two older children this particular weekend, it was uh, a nice weekend for my wife and I and our little guy, Mickey. And he enjoys his time with us. He enjoys it even more so, especially when his older brother is around. But believe me, if he's got mommy and daddy together, he's going to make do. And I said to myself, we got to make this a, a weekend that is going to be enjoyable for him. We cannot sit in the backyard for some odd, strange reason. The neighbors that are adjacent to me in the back of my home, now not next door neighbors, but directly in back of me, they decided to cut down every single tree in their yard, and all of them had a huge impact on my backyard in terms of obtaining the proper shade and it was just it was just a perfect 
amount of sun when you wanted to get the sun, a perfect amount of shade when you wanted to move into the shade. And unfortunately now, you sit in my backyard. If it is a hot, sunny day, it is unbearable out there. You know, we don't have a pool. Uh, we have a little baby pool for Mickey, but, you know, we do throw on the sprinklers every once in a while if it's really hot, which we had to do this weekend. But sitting in that backyard would have been a nightmare. So I proposed Saturday morning that we go to a beach. And we did so. We, we took an hour drive away from our home to go to a beach that I really, really enjoy. I don't, I'm not crazy about some of the beaches in my area, in Mr. Joe's neighborhood where I live now. But if you go in a different direction, I would say more east than Mr. Joe's house, back where Mr. Joe used to live, even further than that, there's a beautiful beach. And to me, it's not only a family beach, you don't have those crazy maniacs that are acting the way that I used to act on the beach. You have family people, family people with kids, plenty of kids to play with. It's calm. It's, it's, it's cool. And what I mean by that, it's cool in the sense where, you know, there's not a whole lot of triggers there. Although I will say they have a, a beach hut there that has food that you could order and probably two or three bars connected to it. And man, they must make a killing. I got to tell you, because all you do is see people on that line getting drinks and, you know, you take a look around and you see the families with the coolers the same way that I used to do. I used to bring the cooler full of, beer, full of beers. And they're out there, a couple of guys I saw drinking Coronas. And there's nothing wrong with that if you want to have a couple of drinks on a hot day. But Mr. Joe has absolutely no ability to keep it in control. I had a phone call that came through. I don't know if anybody heard that. I don't think anybody does. Uh, it was my wife, actually, asking me when I am leaving from work. And um, clearly, I'm not working right now. <laughs> I'm taking a break to do my podcast. And I kind of lost my train of thought. But what I believe what I was saying is, you know, I look around and I see people having a couple of beers. That's perfectly fine on a hot day. Mr. Joe, though, can't keep it in control. So when you can't keep it in control... Uh, you just you just can't drink. And I got to tell you, even yesterday, um, I was craving. Man, was I craving. And I even said something to my wife, and it's wonderful because she's able to coach me through it. She does not drink because I do not drink, and she kind of talked me out of it. And I got to tell you, later on that evening, when we were eating dinner back at home, we both said to one another, Good God, could you imagine, based on how tired we are now from this day, what we would have felt like if we were drinking or got drunk in that hot sun, driving home, so many circumstances involved. Forget about the fact that you're an hour away from home and now you're driving intoxicated. You're putting yourself at risk, others at risk, your child at risk, and now you just feel like complete garbage and you really don't accomplish anything when you get home and you wake up and you feel like just as much crap the next day. So... We were grateful that we were not drinking, but unfortunately for Mr. Joe, that did not mean that I was out of the woods in terms of the way that I was going to feel. Now, Saturday was an awesome day, an absolutely awesome day. I mean, my son was so much fun. He, again, remember, he's 14 months old, but this, this little guy moves around like a two-year-old, and 
the water is calm enough where there's no waves. Very clean water also. And this kid would run into the water. He's able to go under because he takes swimming lessons. I was even able to throw him to my wife. And he went under and popped up and was able to swim to her. I mean... It was so much fun. He's very demanding, believe me, you know, back and forth from the chair to the snacks to the to the water to building a sandcastle to the water to the snacks to the food place. You know, a lot of a lot going on. We did not stop and my son has become extremely attached to me as of late. That's not to say he's not attached to my wife, but there was a time where he was completely inseparable from my wife, and the only other person he would go to would be me. And it almost seems like now he is seeking me out even more so, and especially at the beach when it's the fun person who's doing all the, you know, water stuff and holding the child in the water and going out deep. And So they, they recognize that. A lot of times when you're doing cool things, your children will recognize the daddy things. And they'll kind of um, float over to the dad. And nevertheless, though, that seems to be what has been happening in all aspects. And again, it's not that he doesn't want my wife, but he is definitely seeking me out even more so. So we had a beautiful day on Saturday. Really did. And um, when we got home, Mickey was uh, sleeping on the way home, but he woke up, gave him a bath and put him right back to bed and my wife and I were shot and we woke up the next day and began our Sunday. Our Sunday, which involved me being told that I now had to get out of my house at 7.20 and meet her parents and her sister and her new, or our new brother-in-law for breakfast at a at a place where I guess you would call it a horse racing venue. Something that I have no desire to be at, and I am not putting that down in any way, shape, or form for those of you who might enjoy betting on horses and seeing those kinds of things. It's not something that I am fond of, but it's something that her family has been doing for many, many generations. Um, if, if I was to take a gander at something in terms of addiction that her family has dealt with all the way back to the grandmother who used to sit in a nursing home and beg to be taken to um, places like Las Vegas and Atlantic City and um, play bingo and, you know, anything that had to do with betting she was interested in. Um, and apparently this has been a long, long history of of gambling and betting on horses would be no different, but they found that it would be interesting for my son, who loves animals, to see the horses. Now, I was certainly not thrilled about doing this, but again, Mr. Bipolar Joe, who was trying to be a sport and a family man, and believe me when I tell you, I was miserable, and you could see it written all over my face. I got out of that house, got to the place by 8 o'clock, and I was supposed to have breakfast waiting for me there by the sister and the new husband. They were supposed to deliver breakfast, meet us there with breakfast. Because we were supposed to get on a little um, car ride or a trolley ride of some sort so we could see the whole place. Uh, I don't know. All I know is we had tickets for that that were bought by the, by the parents where we were going to get on this little cart-like thing and we'd be taken around the whole area and... 
they were late with my breakfast, and now I'm an hour over taking my medication. I normally take my medication no later than 7 o'clock. They did not arrive until 9 o'clock, and that is when I took my medication. At this point, I was two hours over. And what had made the situation even worse is that I woke up on Sunday feeling in a way that I have not felt in a very, very long time. And what I'm referring to is severe depression. I don't know how I made it out of the house. It's probably best that I did get out. I will tell you this, that if I did not take a clonopin to function, not only would I have not been able to get through the depressive state that I was in, but the anxiety was so heightened. The anxiety was so high that I almost felt as if I could not function. Now, what do I relate this all to? I mean, I had a great day on Saturday, fun-filled day, certainly took a lot of the energy that I had in me, out of me, and I, I wanted it to carry over into Sunday, but unfortunately it did not. I woke up feeling completely and utterly depressed. And it took me a while to come up with a reason as to why, but I actually thought back to my last stint of Suboxone withdrawal. And again, this, not, this does not necessarily have to do with Suboxone. It just seems that it gets worse with me when I am coming off a particular medication. Now, it's been several weeks since I've been off the Suboxone, so I don't think it's having a whole lot of effect on me anymore. But again, in looking back to 2012, when I started to get my life back together and I returned to the gym, it was told to me that it was extremely important to take part an exercise once again because that would help boost my mood. And obviously one of the most important and well-established benefits of exercise, and this is from a statistical and a research standpoint, would be the positive effect it could have on a person's mood. And uh, I believe, I mean, if you were to look online or research this stuff, I would imagine that you would find all over clinical research that would show the the wonderful positive effects that physical activity can have in terms of easing somebody's anxiety and relieving depression. And I found it interesting back in 2012 that in attempting to do those things, I would go to the gym and the day after, I would actually feel worse. I would feel more depressed. And people thought I was crazy. I thought I was crazy, but then I started to do some research on the Internet. And this was, again, back in 2012. And I recall not finding any real research, evidence-based studies, technically, in terms of, like, doctors. But I found plenty of threads or, you know, chat rooms or where people post things about their health and mental health where there were hundreds of postings about people feeling depressed after exercise. And clearly, there were a ton of people out there that did not find that a workout would leave them feeling happy and calm or emotionally stable. And I was concerned back then that I was doing something wrong. It, you know, if I'm not feeling good and there's all this statistical research that exercise helps the brain 
then why am I feeling depressed? Well, let me tell you right now, the depression I felt on Sunday was identical to the depression that I felt back in 2012. And if, if I was to say in terms of bipolar disorder, it was the beginnings of what I thought was going to be an elongated bout of depression that was scary, that was unavoidable, that was something that was going to last for God only knew how long because I was miserable, absolutely miserable. And I don't care what anybody says. And now listen, I don't want to give anybody the wrong impression. Exercise absolutely helps the mind. The mind and the body, they are connected. But what it comes down to is especially with bipolar disorder or a history of depression, we have to be careful with our moods because a lot of times too much energy at the wrong time of day, namely at night, will often have a manic effect on people. Gets them too hyped up. Gets them too manic. Gets them feeling too good. But ironically, too much exercise can sometimes also have a negative effect and cause the opposite mood swing, a.k.a. depression. Which is very, very interesting. And I'm living proof of it. I don't need a statistical study of any, of any sort to help people to understand. Now, if, if you're with me, you know, you'll understand what I'm saying. You'll understand what I'm saying about the mania and the depression because it's, it's occurred in both aspects for me. And in looking at the way that I felt yesterday in terms of my depression, which ultimately towards the end of the day with the help of some clonopin, which I believe the anxiety that I felt, which was excessive, I mean heartbeats, very close to a panic attack, a, a long-standing panic attack that I felt as if I could not get rid of. I believe that contributed to my depression as well because when you're anxious and you're not used to being anxious and you recall what anxiety used to feel like to you, you say, oh my God, am I falling into this again? And then the depression kicks in and anxiety and depression are very closely related. A lot of times when you have one, you have the other. And at least for me, I felt them both yesterday, drastically felt them both. And until I eased my anxiety and felt a little bit better, that was when my mood started to lighten up just a little bit. And I got to tell you, we were done with that silly escapade of the horse nonsense in which I suffered the entire way through um, by probably about 10, 10.30. We were home by 11. My anxiety did not was not relieved until about 1 o'clock in the afternoon. Took a clonopin, I'd say about 11.30. By 1 o'clock, I started to feel better. We had to do some shopping. We came home. We worked in the backyard in, in drastic heat in terms of doing some gardening. I had to fill some holes that the dogs dug. Um, and we had the sprinklers on the whole time. So as hot as it was, we would run through the sprinklers, and Mickey loved it. And it ended up being a rather nice day, but it started like complete hell. And I could not help but say to myself, once... I pulled myself out of how I was feeling. Because remember, I was under the impression that I was in for it. I was under the impression that I would be calling my doctor in a couple of days saying, Doc, 
we need to ch- make a change with medicine because I am, I am in a three, four, five day rut here and I am, f- I am frightened that this is never going to get any better. But because I was able to pull myself out of it, oh, because it ended, I, I said to myself, well, you know what? Maybe, just maybe, there is something related to this. And I thought back to the day prior and I said, man, I worked myself like I never worked myself yesterday. And it, it was almost more of an intense workout than as if I went to a gym. And for those of you who don't know, and I know this because I was a workout person for a very long time, well, when you're exercising or lifting weights or you know, doing any kind of cardiovascular stuff, it's important for you to understand that your body relies basically on blood sugar. Or uh, for another word for blood sugar would be glucose. That's the source of energy that feeds your body. That's your fuel when you are working out. And what happens is when you work out, a lot of times the levels of glucose, they are low. And you just don't have the energy to make it through your workout. That's if they're extremely low. And then you kind of quit and you say, oh man, I've had it. If your glucose levels are okay, you will be fine making it through your workout. Which is why it's important to drink plenty of water, make sure that you eat, because you don't want those blood sugar levels to drop too much. And really what that does is it, it makes your mood horrible. Now that's in the midst of a workout. There's nothing to say, though, that after an intense workout, even a day after, what would stop our bodies from losing a little bit of that glucose. You know, our, our minds are messed up, guys. Our minds, our bodies, I mean, as, as, as in shape as some of us might be with bipolar disorder, man, we say it all the time, the body and the mind are connected. And if our brains are off, our body is off. And I would imagine yesterday my glucose levels were down, which is why it made me feel like I had absolutely no energy. Now, think about this. I woke up and I was in no mood to go to this horse thing. Miserable. Miserable. So what does that cause? Instant stress. And remember what we said before, guys. Stress Stress is a proponent or component or a trigger for a mood swing. Now, if I'm already down and I'm feeling chemical changes in my brain, which I would imagine dopamine and serotonin also play a role in this, and I'm going to try and address that as well in a second. Just the stress alone can wreak a, a tremendous amount of havoc on a person's mind and body. I mean, if you're already stressed out, physically or mentally, a hard, heavy, intense exercise workout, which is really what I did at the beach the day before, I mean, walking up and down that sand and... Um, you know, in the water and swimming and, you know, holding my son basically 30% of the day, that that workout that I went through at the beach, it's an extra drain of energy. And the next day it has an effect on a person. Now, did it interfere with my sleep the night before? Believe it or not, it did. It did. And I'll tell you why, because I was anticipating the Sunday thing. Um, if that, if in terms of the horse, 
stuff that I had to do. I knew about it Saturday, and I was stressed out to the point, guys. And I know this sounds silly, but I had a horrible nightmare. I had actually two horrible nightmares. My father was in a nightmare where he smashed my cell phone. Don't even get me started. It was very strange, but there's more to it. I don't want to bore you with a dream. But the other part of it was involved me being at that horse place. And it was a little bit different, my dream, than what actually took place Sunday. But it was, I got the gist of it in my dream, man. And I was stressed out. Let me tell you something. It was a nightmare, and it woke me up out of my sleep. So, obviously, the next day, I'm feeling more and more tired because I didn't have a good sleep because I'm stressed out about what I'm supposed to do. And if anybody understands stress or anxiety, what happens is your body gets filled with something called cortisol, which is actually what gets relieved when you take a clonopin or a Xanax, you relieve that cortisol level, which is basically a brain chemical that's released during the fight or flight situation. That's cortisol is what, when it's released, it, it, it causes you to feel you know, anxious and all bent out of shape. So when it's released, and I think I have that correct, when it, when the cortisol is actually released, that's what actually causes you to have that fight, flight, or fl- fight or flight feeling, and that's what causes the anxiety. And maybe um, if I'm saying it correctly, uh, the clonopin or the benzo of your choice will adjust that cortisol level. And I believe it was told to me, somebody in the past, that they said if you wake up feeling anxious and you take a drink of water, a lot of times that relieves, that that brings your cortisol level back to where it needs to be instead of being released and it can help your anxiety. Um, so I would imagine that because of the stress, I was releasing that cortisol, that brain chemical, and which in turn caused me to have that fight or flight feeling and ultimately led to stress, anxiety, and bam, depression on Sunday. And again, I believe it was related to this tremendous amount of exercise that I took part in at the beach. Now, obviously, your brain is involved. When we're talking about this, your brain, your bipolar brain especially my wackadoo brain that I have and my brain chemistry obviously plays a significant part in the increased feeling of depression that I will sometimes have after a workout, a.k.a. a beach workout. And I would imagine that serotonin is not the only thing that is involved here. Um, that other chemical that we've spoken about many, many times, dopamine, which I know for uh, an absolute fact is, is adjusted and monitored and brought to a proper level by my Wellbutrin, but also significantly decreased when I come off a drug like Suboxone. My dopamine is affected. Dopamine is actually the chemical that gets enhanced when you unfortunately snort cocaine. So I used to 
bring my levels of dopamine sky high with cocaine, and that's what usually causes the depression afterwards because your levels dip down to a normal level or below a normal level, and you're seeking that high, that that false high that the dopamine has given you or brain chemistry. You no longer have it, which makes you crave more of it and make ridiculous phone calls at 3 a.m. searching and scrounging for more cocaine so you could continue to feel the way that you feel. Well, both serotonin and dopamine are 100% affected by exercise and by depression. So when you're affecting the two, when you're impacting the serotonin and the dopamine, the brain chemistry, I guess, is not always going to be a positive one. And in my case, it certainly was not positive. In other words, if you already have an imbalance of serotonin and dopamine, hello, (laughs) hello, bipolar people, and usually due to the depressive side of bipolar, um, exercise or hard-working hiking or camping or, you know, walking or, you know, energy, energy stuff, like a beach, well, that could throw off your dopamine and your serotonin even more rather than helping to stabilize it. And, you know, you want to believe that our medicines will stabilize everything for us, but it's not always like that. I mean, things, you know, just because we are medicated for bipolar disorder does not mean that our medicines are going to always be the answer and always be the 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 savior. You know, we still are prone to our mood swings, obviously, and the things that we do have an effect on it. Now, I would think that if a person overdoes it, and I would imagine I overdid it on Saturday, and this stems from, this this holds true to, is if you were in a gym, exercise and going too hard we you know i already spoke about how it can make a person manic but again i think if you overdo it sometimes when it comes to exercise more isn't necessarily more now for me i had no choice but to go for more because i have a 14 month old that is making demands on me and me who is a father who gives in to just about everything because I want to make my kids happy all the time, something I definitely have to work on, well, I'm going to give in. And I'm going to do more and more and more and more. But if you're working out too hard, or you're doing too much more, basically we call that overexertion. Or in a gym, you'd be overtraining yourself. And this I do know, for a 100% fact, that one symptom of overtraining is absolutely depression. And I know this because back in 2012, I remember looking up something and finally finding something that people, they, they get involved in, in like weightlifting and competitions. And again, this is because I was coming off Suboxone in 2012 and I was, I was so depressed after going to the gym Like I said, I went on those sites and I remember clicking a link and being taken back to some website that talked about what what they called overtraining syndrome or symptoms and depression was one of them. And 
you know, I had all of the of the symptoms, I guess, that would go along with the depression and the overtraining, like tension and anxiety and tired and confused and just no desire to do anything. When, you know, when you say to yourself, man, this is supposed to get me hyped up and get me motivated, get me feel good, but man, I'm depressed. And it drains the brain. It drains the brain. When you overtrain or overexert yourself or overpush yourself, it drains the brain of serotonin. That's, that's my belief. I'm not a doctor, but if you were to play this for a doctor, I have a feeling they would agree with me. And this is because I've done a lot of weight training in the past, and it's never before. I've got to tell you, up until 2012, and I've had bipolar disorder my whole life as far as I'm concerned, I don't really recall working out or overexerting myself or a tremendous amount of exercise having that depressive effect on me. Now, mania? <laughs> My goodness, when I was younger, manic would be an instant symptom. And throw in some anabolic steroids where you're messing with your testosterone level and forget it. You have a wacko. You have a complete, utter wackadoo. A wackadoo who throws his mom up against a wall at the age of 17 and nearly bashes her head through a wall for what reason I have no idea probably because she questioned where I was so you know I was I was out of my mind I was absolutely out of my mind and it makes me sad because the more I think back to my childhood the more that I realize man I was messed up for many many years I just didn't know it I really had no idea. But now I am more aware of how I feel, why I feel the way I feel, and the fact that I'm able to put my finger on why I feel the way I feel, that's a real, real big step for me. And I don't know, listen, if I was going into one of my mood swings and this had nothing to do with the exercise and I was still depressed today, well, one, I probably wouldn't be podcasting, and two, I'd be going to my doctor, and three, I'd be altering my medication, and four... Um, I would be miserable and sad and unable to explain any of this. But because I am aware, because I am medicated properly, I have control of my bipolar disorder. I believe that I have full control of my bipolar disorder. Now, when I say full control, that does not mean that I can control the symptoms. I'm not referring to controlling the symptoms of mania and depression. But I am referring to the fact that when I do have onsets of those moods because of the medication they're nowhere near they were in terms of the severity the duration or the intensity and because I am medicated it allows me to take a step back and figure out why I am feeling the way that I feel and what is making my mood change and again that is a huge step a huge huge step so um, I don't know if this helps anybody. I don't want to hinder anybody's exercise routine. If you're not feeling depressed and it's helping you, that's great. Just don't overexert yourself. That's the most important thing because it's not going to be beneficial. It's not good for anybody, but even more so somebody with a history of bipolar disorder and depression. We just have to take it easy. So that's my message to my audience today uh, on Mr. Joe's Bipolar Podcast. I ask that take care of your body, take care of your mind, definitely do exercise if you have that chance because it's good for you, but do not overexert yourself, especially the way that Mr. Joe overexerted himself or 
You might have a miserable day like I did. Thank you for listening, everybody. I want to say before I leave, if you are living with a mental illness, I ask that you continue to work hard. If you love somebody or care about somebody with a mental illness, I ask that you continue to support that person in whatever way that you know how. And if you are struggling right now with a mental illness, or if you're struggling with an addiction for that matter, I ask you to keep fighting, and most importantly, to soldier on. Thank you for listening to Mr. Joe's Bipolar Podcast. I'll see you guys in a few days. Have a great day.